It's Thursday, March 12th. I'm Rudy. So your girlfriend posted a really hot picture of just herself on Facebook. Later today, you're going to be single. Let's take a long walk to Cleveland. everybody i'm rudy povich this is a long walk to cleveland subscribe to a long a long walk to cleveland on spotify on apple podcasts on my favorite platform on stitcher you can find me on instagram at rudy underscore povich there is a video that is taking not only minnesota but the world by storm these guys flying this drone through uh, bryant lake bowl in uptown we're going to talk about that for just a moment but first restrictions that have been imposed by the government here in Minnesota, finally going to start being uh, eased a little bit, if you will, which I'm looking forward to. Governor Walls expected to make the announcement today that uh, eventually we'll all be able to take our butt plugs out. You guys ain't wearing one? That's too bad. I've enjoyed the last nine months. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so it looks like uh, no limits on places of worship with social distancing and masking. So that's good for all you churchgoers. Restaurants can expand to 75%. Bar seating allowed for groups of four, which I'm down with. I like that. I think more than five people at a bar is tough anyways. I think we should just keep that rule. Two people is perfect. Three is kind of tough, but you only have to talk in between two people. Four people you can sort of split down the upright and two people can break off and have a conversation, two separate conversations. But five, five's too much. Five, you can, and it's getting weird. We should always keep it at least to four. Right? At least to four? We should always keep it max at four. Least should be two. Or for the guys who like to go out like myself and drink alone, maybe one. What I'm saying is... Anything more than that, it makes it difficult. So I think, you know, they're saying about all these things, like people working from home, like what are going to be the residual effects of COVID? I hope we keep it at four. Five's too tough. Three's a little weird sometimes, depending on who's in that middle seat. Two is perfect, but four is, that's the other perfect number. Don't go more than that. So let's keep that one. Uh, the other things that are going to be re- uh, restricted, uh, or excuse me, um, non-restricted, unrestricted, I guess. Household gatherings allowed 50 people outdoors, 15 people indoors. No limit on the number of households. That's kind of nice. Gyms allowed to expand to 50% capacity. Again, I'd much rather keep it at 25 because it's nice. I'm not sitting around waiting to get on a machine. Salons and personal services can expand capacity. Again, uh, let's keep that one down a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I want my stylist to make a couple of bucks, but it's kind of nice walking in there. The other night, I get my uh, haircut from a gal named Tori over at Pompadour on Nicollet Avenue, just south of Uptown in Minneapolis. And uh, nobody was in there, so we just turned on the gangster rap, hung out, listened to some NWA. She cut my hair. I drank an IPA. That is how one should get his hair cut. I'm telling you. Looks like uh, twins are going to have, uh, excuse me, the Minnesota twins are going to have 10,000 fans starting on opening day. But this is the one I'm looking forward to, everybody. Large outdoor events and venues going to be allowed. That means someone's getting some pizza at 2.30 in the morning because he's drunk and just caught Guns and Roses. Been waiting for this show for a while. Uh, bought tickets. What was that? So it was supposed to be this past July, which we thought the show was going to go down. And I, I hate the way that they sort of dangle that carrot for a refund on tickets in front of your face. 
That's the part that sucks about it, man. I mean, I'm sure the show's going to be great when they finally reschedule and get a date going, but what they do is they plan the show, and then they have to cancel because of COVID, and they go, hey, you can get a refund. And you're like, great, I'd love my money back, because maybe I didn't need to spend that much dough on Guns N' Roses. And, uh, and then they go, well, if in the next 60 days we reschedule a show, you don't get a refund. And on day 59, guess what? They announce a date. <laughs> and you're like, awesome. And then it gets to be about 30 days from that date, and you realize that that show ain't happening either. So they cancel it again, and they go, hey, 60 days from today, if we book another date, you don't get a refund. And guess what? Day 59, they announce a date. So right now, I do believe there is a, a date for Guns N' Roses. I'm not sure exactly when it is, um, but it's going to be here. Target Field in Minneapolis, I believe in July. or It was supposed to be this past July. So I am looking forward to it. The last time we went, I think I drank a little too much, and I kind of regret it. I'd like to see more of the show. But the problem is they had the Deftones opening. I mean... The second I heard that Deftones were going to be on the bill, I thought, all right, well, it's lights out because I love that band, and those guys are definitely not going to, you know, they're not going to just play, like, a bunch of, like, deep cuts or anything like that. They're going to really, like, play all the hits, all the things that you want to hear. That's what those guys are going to play. And I'm like, all right, well, if they're going to start, like, breaking out stuff off of Around the Fur, then I'm in. I might as well just drink to my heart's content. In fact, there's a funny story about that. So when I was like 14, Deftones around the fur, which I'm looking for some right now. For some reason, I'm not popping any up. Uh, I usually have some in the system, but I guess not. Maybe I can find some online. But um, uh, my mom, I was 14 years old. I got a little sick in the stomach, went to the hospital. They thought maybe I was having an appendicitis. And uh, they decided to keep me in the hospital. For, and it turned out to be like two or three days, man. Like it was... It was much bigger than what they had anticipated. And my mom had said, is there anything that I can go out and do that could possibly make this a little bit easier for you? And I was like, yeah, actually, if you could. Is that Deftones? Yeah, there we go. I said, if you could, could you run out to the mall? There's a brand new Deftones record that just came out. It's called Around the Fur. She said, uh, all right, yeah, you know, if you want to grab the Discman and help get you through this next couple of days in the hospital no problem so she ran out to the uh, ran out to the mall i believe it was an fyi fye fye there it is for your entertainment is what it was it's what we had at the uh, iron gate mall in hibbing so she stops out there and tells the guy hey i need to get a uh, uh, an album for my son they're called the i believe it was the 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 deafened Tone Devs? Is it the Tone Devs? And Fur Around the Hole. <laughs> the guy was like, ma'am, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. So after like 20 minutes of my mom just, you know, in a pendulum frenzy, screaming Fur Around the Hole, the guy said, I think you're talking about the Deftones Around the Fur. And uh, she reluctantly bought that record, brought it up to the hospital. And I sat in there for the next two days and listened to this nonstop.
By the way, my buddy Bob does a, uh, check it out, I think it is called In the House of Deftones? In the House of Def? Something like that. Uh, it's a, a podcast that is all about the Deftones, dude. Just check it out. He is a huge fan. But it's nice to see that some of these restrictions are going to start getting lifted. We can start getting back to a little bit of normalcy. Um, especially, I think last night, uh, my buddy Dave, Dave Kittleson, local musician here in town, finally got out and actually played for the first time in almost a year here in Minnesota. I believe he's been traveling down to, like, Texas because down there, it's the Wild West. No pun intended. But it is like no holds barred when it comes to COVID down there. They are just like, open this damn thing up. And uh, I think he's been down at like South Padre playing. And yeah, so it's nice to see everybody's getting back after it. And um, oh, man, that freaking GNR show. This time, I can't like get completely hammered and then like black out while I'm in my chair. All right. So if you see me at the show, somebody pull the beer out of my hand. Because <laughs> last time... At some point, I think the security guard, after like time 13 of walking over and telling me, sir, you have to get down from the folding chair, might have been a sign that I wasn't going to remember much in the next uh, the next morning. So uh, let's talk about for a moment this drone footage that has been going around, this drone video that came from Bryant Lake Bowl in Uptown. I mean, this thing is like, it's going bananas. So I saw that video. And, uh, you know, being a guy who uh, does a lot of video work, does a lot of photography work, has a drone, practices with that drone. I saw that. And we've shot a few videos where how you kind of do it, there's this, there's this like, I don't know what you want to call it, this technique where you take your drone and you fly it up to a thing. Like say you fly it up to a window and you want to go through the window. What you do is you fly it up to the window and then you stop, you take the drone You go inside of the house and you put the drone on the other side of the window and then continue to fly away from the window, thus making it look like you just flew through that pane of glass to get through the window. And I was like, as I watched this video, if you haven't seen it, Google Bryant Lake Bowl drone video. It's everywhere right now. I mean, Christ, the BBC's put this thing out and it's got like, you know, 2.8 million views in the first 24 hours. But I saw that and went, okay, where's the cuts? There's got to be some edits in this thing. They had to have edited it. There's no way. You, have you ever seen the movie 1917? That movie uh, is shot. For, it's like a it's like a two-hour section of a war. It took them like six months to film this thing. But when you watch the film, the way it's edited, it's one long, continuous shot the entire thing. So it makes it feel like basically they just hit record on a camera and then just followed these guys for two hours. It's brilliant filmmaking. And it's a very, very hard technique to master. But I thought, well, that's what these guys must have done. Because there is no way you can make some of those those drone angles and some of those rotations just to, on its own. You know, one shot, that's, that's next to near impossible. So I watched that video, I bet, 15 times. And I was like, okay, these guys are really good at hiding the edits. <laughs> Because there's no way they did this in one shot. Then I saw they had a little bit of a behind the scenes. I watched that behind the scenes. And sure as shit, those dudes did it in one take. It is miraculous drone flying. It is incredible filmmaking. I mean, I don't like the adjective breathtaking, but I would use it to describe this video. What those guys did is... and. After seeing kind of behind the scenes, they have a a 360 GoPro that's... So it's not like they were actually literally turning, you know, the the, the drone. 
it's, it's kind of a long explanation for it, and I don't know if anybody wants to get into it. Basically, the 360 camera helps you make those angles. Instead of having to like turn the drone at a sharp left, you can just take the 360 camera and then turn it, and that way it makes it look like the drone is actually turning left. It's not. It's just staying stationary. Like I said, it's stupid, nerdy, boring stuff you guys probably don't give a shit about. But um, after I watched that and I watched the behind the scenes, that was their 10th attempt to be able to make this drone video. And this is the Tony Hawk 900. There were a bunch of kids who were sitting around at skate parks who had gotten to like a certain plateau when it came to skateboarding. And then Tony Hawk goes out to the X Games and he does a massive 900. And kids saw that and went, I can do that too. It up, it took what was a plateau of a sport and brought it to the next level. And that is what this video is going to do. Because I'm a good drone flyer. I'm, I'm not a, I say flyer, operator. If anybody who has a drone, they'd be like, it's not a flyer, it's an operator. Me, me, me. Listen, I get it, okay? I am good with my drone. I am not great with my drone. I'm good with my drone. I saw that, and last night I just pulled that thing out and was like, all right, what kind of trick shots can we start doing with this thing? Because now I'm intrigued. Now I want to see what I can do. And that is what this video is going to do for that style of filmmaking. It's incredible. I think Penn Jillette talks a lot about juggling. And when he was a kid, he would go to like a juggling contest. And he'd watch a guy up on stage, and that guy would be incredible. And then he would have to commit it to memory and then go home and try to uh, emulate what that guy did from the stage through his memory. And the learning curve on that would be months and now kids just go out and they hop online and they see a guy juggling and they do a move that that kid has never done before. And it's consistently, you can have that visual in front of you at all times. So the learning curve is ours now. What used to take you months, you can pick that stuff up in days. I mean, just obviously it's not on that level, but when I was like, I don't know, maybe about 37. I didn't know how to juggle, and I was like, I should teach myself. Might be a good skill. You never know. There might be like a movie role or something comes up, and they're like, hey, can you at least somewhat make a effort at juggling? It'd be nice to know how to do it. So I went online. I bought a, I bought a set of like the three juggling balls and fired up YouTube, and within like four days, I was juggling. I'm not great at it. I don't think I'm going to be lighting any bowling pins on fire or uh, firing up the chainsaws anytime soon. But, you know, somebody hands me three tennis balls, I can juggle them now. That would have, I would have never been able to do that, at, especially at the age of 37. It's different when you're like 12. But at 37, your brain is going to, it's solidified, man. Not a lot of new information is getting inside of that thing, which is sad. But this really is a game changer. Um, you're going to start seeing more and more cool. I bet, oh, I bet the amount of drones that are going to get sold in the next two weeks goes through the roof. Because people are seeing now what is the capabilities of those things. And I got a nice drone. It's not like crazy top of the line, but it's kind of in between. I, got, I have a, a Mavic Air 2. And it, uh, it takes beautiful shots. No, I'm not looking to like go out and you know film an Academy Award winning movie with it. I just like you know going out to the mountains... If I got to shoot like a little bit of like uh, some like, um, you know, realty photos, if 
anybody wants like some drone footage of the place, I'll use it for that. And what my drone does is perfect for that. But what these guys are doing is next level, and they're doing it at a price point that most people can get in with. And that is the biggest thing, man. Like, it really is, especially even like what we're doing now with podcasting. The barrier to entry is very, very low. We're back in the day. Christ, you needed a, a, you know, you needed an FM signal and a stick and a studio and all that. And now people are just grabbing a microphone and going down in their basement and they're making great content. Radio's really going to have to start stepping it up soon, man. Radio is starting to get to that point where, see, like CBS, when they put out CBS All Access, they were going to do a strictly online version of, of Star Trek. And somebody went, hey, we're not bound by the regulations of the FCC, so what do you guys want to do with this thing? They started adding in the swears. I mean, how can you compete with Hulu and Netflix and some of these, uh, you know, these streaming platforms when their content is so superior than yours? You have to start doing something to change it up. And the analogy I always use is when it comes to radio and podcasting, imagine being in the NFL. And then at some point, somebody went, hey, let's bring some fans down from the stands and let them take a crack at the game. And then you, they do. And the people from the stands start playing the game better than the people who were put in the <laughs> on the field from the actual NFL team. Because that is what it's starting to feel like with this. And I'm glad that for whatever reason, man, radio is just not willing to take that plunge yet you have to you have to start like finding new streams of revenue you have to start finding new ways to keep this thing afloat because if not man this is when the sink is uh, the the ship is going to sink it's when it's done because there are more and more people picking up what is going on they're listening to what we are doing and they're taking it they're implementing it and finding better ways to do it it's the Tony Hawk 900. It's the Bryant Lake Bowl video. It steps it up. Radio's got to do that too. It saddens me sometimes. You go to some of these like smaller towns and you're hearing the same, same dude on the air in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, as you do in Nashville, as you do in Chicago. It's the same dude. He's just sitting in a studio, just cranking it out, not really having any sort of passion behind the brakes, not caring guy doesn't give a shit about what's going down in Tennessee. He doesn't know anybody down there. It saddens me. It saddens me that we've gotten to that point. And the thing is, is that it's not willing to start stepping up. It's not willing to pivot. I hope it does. I still enjoy going to, like, other states and listening to their radio stations. I really hope they do. They make that pivot. I mean, obviously, don't start listening to other radio stations if you're listening to A Long Walk to Cleveland, which you can subscribe to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and don't forget my favorite platform, Stitcher. Uh, don't forget you can find me online, Facebook, the Twitter, and uh, Instagram, at Rudy underscore Pavich. Thank you so much. Enjoy your Friday. Have a great weekend. And this has been A Long Walk to Cleveland. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.